Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, everyone. I'm Abigail Wald. And I'm Missy Pyle. And you are listening to Raising and Rising. We created this podcast for parents because we're one of you. We get you and we love you. I believe that from the moment that we become a parent, we have a vision of the kind of childhood we want our children to have and a vision of the kind of parent that we want to be. And while we always love our children, we don't always like them or their behavior. We are here to help you reconnect with that original vision of yours and give you the tools to make it your actual reality. Each episode, we talk to parents who feel that they are often getting pushed past their breaking point. We give loving, constructive solutions and new ways of thinking about your everyday parenting problems so you can confidently rise up to the challenge of raising strong-willed children who thrive within themselves, within your family, and within the larger world. On this episode of Raising and Rising, we're going to speak with Erin from Colorado. Erin is an Air Force officer, a wife, and a devoted mother of two. Our focus today is on her spirited three-year-old boy, George. George is intelligent, adventurous, and loves to push his parents' limits. Sometimes his fearless nature and struggle to take direction from his mother gets him into dangerous situations like running out into the streets. Aaron and her husband have worked tirelessly to correct his behavior and improve his listening skills, but nothing seems to be working in the long term. So today we discuss real in-the-moment strategies for getting children to listen, preventing them from getting into trouble, and you from pulling your hair out. Welcome, Aaron. Aaron, I'm excited to meet you. What brings you here today? Tell me more about your family and and tell me what are the questions? Like, what are the things that keep you up at night going? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I understand that sentiment exactly. Um, but me and my husband are both um, active duty military, and uh, we have a son who is uh, he just turned three in January. His name is George, and a daughter who is almost eighteen months, um, and she is named Kennedy. But George is definitely the one who is our strong-willed child. (laughs) Cool. So, okay. So George is your strong-willed kiddo. And what makes you say that George is strong-willed? He is just a very, very independent kid. Um, He is one of the ones where you have to build in an extra 10 minutes anytime you're trying to go anywhere because he is um, trying to do everything himself. And I like to let him do that. Um, sometimes when we're in a hurry and, um, I'm trying to rush him or I'm trying to just get him in the car and he can't buckle his seatbelt by himself or he can't climb in by himself. Um, it does turn into more of a screaming match and I'm not necessarily the type of person who is loud. Um, but when it comes to him, I find myself having to be, uh, yelling a lot more than I like to just to be speaking over him and trying to get him to listen. Oh, you're bringing up such an important point, like right from the get-go. 
You know, I think one of the things we don't talk about enough when we think about kids and parents is that we also, as parents, not only do we want to give our kids a great experience, but we have an idea of the kind of parent we want to be, almost like separate from our child. You know what I mean? Like we have a story about what we want that to feel like. And very often strong-willed kids pit us against ourselves in a way because the kind of parent we need to be for them may be very different than the kind of parent you thought you wanted to be. And I'm not suggesting by that that, hey, you're going to need to be a parent that screams, right? Because of course, you don't want that. He doesn't want that. But it might mean that you need to change things that would have come naturally to you. So for instance, maybe you don't like to plan a lot in advance. Maybe you've got a lot going on and you're more of a person who can just roll with things, right? And so you're like, oh, we got to be somewhere. We got to go. But with this child, you might need to get better at planning. You might need to get better at something I call pre-work, which is getting the child ready for the transition. Um, And why do children like this benefit from pre-work? It's because kids like this are typically really quite intelligent and they're very self-directed and they are making up a story before you even get there in the event itself. Does that make sense? So if you say, we're going to go to the park They've already decided their friend's going to be there. They're going to get a hot dog that day. This is exactly what it's going to look like. And when you get there and the hot dog place isn't there that day, there's a massive meltdown and you don't even know why. But it's because they've written a story in their head in advance. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. So tell me more. um, What do you need through the day? Like, Tell me some of your pain points and I'll give you ideas of like how you can make tiny little tweaks that will make huge differences for you during the day? Okay. Um, I think one of his main problems is listening. Um, and I know that most three-year-olds probably have a problem with listening, but um, it's gotten to the point where even his um, teachers at daycare say, most of the listening tools we normally use aren't really working with George. Um, so we may need to research other techniques because they haven't even um, seen it before. Okay. So first of all, I just <laughs> want to help you because, oh my gosh, this drives me nuts. I feel like so many of us with strong-willed kids, we're sitting here in our homes and we're like, oh my gosh, none of this is working. Like, we start to feel like we're crazy. We think our kids are broken. We think we're broken. We think we're terrible parents. Um, we do all the regular old tricks and um, and it doesn't work. And then, you know, other people, it can feel like other people judge you. Yes. I don't know if you ever feel that way. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you start telling a story in your own head and, and then other people actually come out and say shit that's like, oh, really? Like, <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> And, you know, it's so funny because you kind of spin the story like they would know how to handle it. And then they get your kid for half an hour and they're like, oh, yeah, that doesn't work. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So first of all, you're not imagining it. okay? and your kid is not broken and he is listening. He's listening to himself. He's listening (laughs) to his needs. He's listening to his body. And the thing about strong willed kids is. They can't listen to you until you truly listen to them. And so much of what grownups call listening is, 
I need you to shut off your own listening to yourself and just do what I want you to do. Can you see why that's not going to work for a strong-willed child? Mm-hmm. Right? And thank goodness. Actually, I don't think it should work that well for anybody. Right? What if we lived in a society where people always mattered and we were always able to co-create between what you wanted and what I wanted and we could find like a Venn diagram solution that met both of our needs? What if we didn't just rely on people's willingness to please us all the time or just do what we say because it's convenient for us? What a better world we'd have. So we get to start building that now with our kids in your own home. And, you know, George is saying, hey, I'm not going to take anything less. So kudos for him. <laughs> I, I like that way of putting it. <laughs> right? He's going he's gonna to level your life up and you're mm-hmm. going to be grateful because he's going to, his unwillingness to not listen to himself is going to actually open you up to start hearing yourself. And if you learn to hear him and you learn to lead him, because he does want your leadership, you will also learn to lead yourself and hear yourself. And then your spouse and everybody in your community. And these are the kids that really raise up our standard of, of being. So, um, so that's who he is in your life. And that's why he's dragging you through the mud. <laughs> and now that we understand how awesome he is, let's, let's actually get him working for your day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The main problem that we, both me and my husband are most concerned about is um, when we're in situations where he won't listen, where it kind of becomes dangerous, such as like we're walking to the park and he thinks, okay, it's time to play tag. Um, And we're like, no, stop, stop, don't run. And he is a very athletic kid also. So (laughs) it takes a while to chase him down. Like sometimes he ends up in the street before we can even get him. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's times like that. That's frustrating. Of course it's, it's frustrating and it's terrifying, right? Because you love him and your job is to keep him safe. So, um, okay. So a couple thoughts. Um, number one, right there where you say stop and no, those are words that are going to break his brain and he can't make space for them in what his body is telling him to do. And people get confused because they think, well, I have to be able to tell this child no, right? So I'm just going to keep saying it. But but let's be real. Is it working? Uh, most of the time, not. <laughs> right. So so we don't need to stand on ceremony about it. It's not giving you the results you want to have, right? So it would make no sense to continue doing it. So let's put that aside then and say, okay, we acknowledge that saying no to this child's wants doesn't work. What will work, however, is funneling his desires. So you've said he's a really athletic kid. So here's the thing. If he wants something and he gets it stuck in his brain that he wants this thing, and you have to remember he does not have the knowledge that you have about the world. So when you say things like, it's dangerous crossing the street, you could get hurt. To him, none of that means anything. And grownups have been telling him things that aren't true all the time. Like you have to sit down at the table. Well, obviously that's a lie because I just got up. Do you see what I'm saying? So people are always telling him things that are not true. And so if people are going to constantly tell him things that are not true, why do you think he would know the difference between the moment you tell him you can't cross the street, which is absolutely true, and all the other things that grownups are constantly telling him, like, you have to sit down now? Well, no, I don't. Look, I just stood up. (laughs) Do you see what I'm saying? So 
Um, there's been no consequence. And I don't mean by that that there should be a harsh punishment consequence when he stands up. That actually doesn't work. That just breaks this kind of a child. And they will do one of two things. They'll either hate you or they'll hate themselves, both of which actually do not allow you to lead them and do not create the safety or the skills they need to be a successful adult. So you do not want to go in that direction which might be the more obvious direction of like, well, geesh, we should, you know, add more consequences. No. Does that make sense why you wouldn't want to do that before I get to what you would want to do? Um, yes. I mean, like he does seem to respond well to timeout now. Um, I don't know if that's just because he's a little bit older, but but the, the timeout consequence didn't really work probably the whole year he was two. <laughs> So, I I mean, I trust you that that's probably why. So timeout is like, again, a very specific way where we're saying, I don't like your behavior, so you now have to take a timeout. That doesn't actually build a child's skills. It just sort of punishes them, maybe shames them. Um, It's a quote-unquote consequence. But, But nothing is actually essentially being taught other than I don't approve of that way, find a better way, right? We don't actually need to put a child in a corner or in a timeout or anything to do that. That doesn't mean sometimes we don't want to de-escalate, okay? So sometimes we want to use a quote-unquote timeout as a time in with the parent to de-escalate and take a moment and I'm going to hold you and limit the resources right now because I want to get you really organized in your brain. That's a different kind of timeout that would be actually super beneficial for your child. Um, But I want to get back to this focus of punishment and what will actually help in the moment when you're crossing the street, okay? So punishment, even if it's a timeout, if it's whatever, it will ultimately have to keep escalating with a child like this because he will stop listening, okay? Timeout will stop being as powerful as it is right now. You will have to escalate the punishment to a point where, again, it will hurt his spirit or hurt yours. And again, you're being pushed into that place where you are a parent you don't want to be. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And if you start looking at the timeout, not just as it was successful because he stayed there, but did it actually change what happened the next day? And how did it affect your relationship? Okay. And how does it affect sibling relationships? That's really where you want to be looking for success of things or not in the long term. And how does it affect him? Does he start saying things like, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, you hate me, I hate you, you're stupid. All of those things are much more likely to uptick with a kid that we're putting in punishment. So are those things you see? I would say it changes his behavior for the rest of the day, but you're right. By the next day, he probably is doing the same thing again um, that he has to sit in time out for. And I always try to make sure before we let him out to get on his level and ask, do you know why you're sitting here? And make sure he knows. Um, uh, as far as the sibling relationships, if it is something that maybe he hit um, Kennedy or um, did something he needs to say sorry, he'll always go and give her a hug and a kiss afterward. Um, So sweet. I haven't noticed him saying bad things about himself, but he has recently been saying stuff. um, Whenever I do get mad, he he says something along the lines of, oh, I don't want to make you mad. I want to make you happy. Um, So that is something that has changed recently. 
Yeah. And, and so listen, these are really complex relationships. Yes. And it's not like just putting a kid in a timeout is right or wrong or any of it. It's that you have such a bigger job to do. Right. And I can see the pain on your face right now as you talk about this. Yes. I mean, what, what is bringing up the feelings that you're having right now? Sorry. (laughs) I just, like, I just want him to be happy and and healthy, you know, and it's, it's just hard. Like, I don't want him to think mommy's always mad at me. And I'm sure he doesn't, right? I'm sure he doesn't. But here's the deal. You are in the best position to equip him. You can be his leader and his teacher and his best friend and the person he respects and his parent. And you can do all of that. You really can. And then you can do it without feeling bad about yourself, without the worry. So wouldn't you love to be able to equip him with a better choice without feeling like it has to come with that truckload of upset? Yes. (laughs) Right? It'd be nice. And it's possible. So we're excited to have StoryWorth as one of our sponsors. My brother actually bought StoryWorth for my mother for her 80th birthday, and she loves it. She'd be sitting over on her phone, and I'd be like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm doing one of my stories. I think for her, what was so nice is that it took her back to all these memories. We all thought we were getting something very special from it, which we are, but she absolutely loves it. You know, I I thought I knew all of her stories, you know, and then I realized when she was telling me, because she was giggling over there and I thought, oh, there's so many stories that I haven't heard before. My mother's latest story is about how they went to Ontario from the time she was five to 15 to this little fishing camp where they had to go to the well to get their water and they had an ice house, so they had to put ice in the refrigerator and it was very rustic and that she met her first boyfriend there and I didn't know she even had a boyfriend before my dad. I'm really excited that that my brother got her StoryWorth. StoryWorth is this online service that helps you and your loved ones connect through sharing stories and memories and then preserves them for years to come. Every week, StoryWorth emails your mom a thought-provoking question of your choice from like this vast pool of possible options. Each unique prompt asks questions that you never thought of, like what is some of the best advice that your mom gave to you? Or what did you wear um, when you were younger that would mortify you now? They have so many good questions. And like, if you don't like the questions, you can just refresh and you get like all these new questions. It's so cool. We've all really enjoyed reading our mom's answer to the questions and and discovered stories and memories that we never knew about and learned new things about the stories that we thought we we really knew. And then she's like, oh yeah, I forgot about this particular thing. So it's really sparked her memory too. And if you're 50, right? Or you're 20, like seriously, like wherever you're at to get that gift that somebody cares about what you've experienced, yeah. that's such a nice gift. And after one year, StoryWorth, they compile all the questions and stories, including photos into this like beautiful keepsake book that the whole family can share for generations. I love it. So guys, give all the moms in your life a meaningful gift that you'll both cherish for years. StoryWorth, right now for a limited time, you're going to save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash raising. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash raising to save $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash raising. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So let's talk about what that looks like. So let's say he's running across the street and I'll give you an idea of what it could look like other than, you know, putting him in the timeout or just yelling at him not to cross the street. Okay. Okay. Does that sound okay? Yes. Okay. Are you willing to be your child? So that I can role play it with you. Um, I can try, I guess. Okay, it helps me because um, that way I'm not guessing at his temperament. You know what he would say. Okay, so if I say something that pisses you off or makes you run across the street, tell me. Say I'm running across the street. Okay. Okay. <laughs> or if I say something that you're like, oh yeah, I want to do that, then let yourself be pleasantly surprised. Just be him as much as okay. you think. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, so first of all, where are we going? Are we walking to the park? Just so I know, like, give me, set the scene for me. So I know what's going on. Yes. Um, there are two parks very close to our house. So we, whenever we go for a walk, we're going to one of two of those. Okay. And, um, what does he like to do at the park? Um, he likes to climb on everything. Um, um, go he he definitely likes to swing a lot um he likes to collect all the rocks and sticks <laughs> and recently he has become obsessed with cleaning the rocks so he'll find rocks that are dirty and say we need to bring them home to clean them <laughs> awesome and then while you're going to the park with him what does it look like is your youngest in a stroller in a sling walking like like get, set the scenario for me of exactly what it looks like. Most of the time we bring a wagon along and she'll ride for part of it. And the other part, she's also walking. And um, who's pulling the wagon? Me. Or sometimes he actually likes to do it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's a great job for him. Yeah. Um, and are you talking to him? Yep. Yeah, and normally we're playing like he'll like to hide behind it. A, he'll run up to a tree, hide behind it, and then pretend to jump out and scare. And we pretend that we're scared. Um, That's a great game to play. Yeah, he'll he'll be trying to race us. He just is very. When he gets into his modes of not listening, he like we start out playing a game and we're nice and everyone's having fun, and then he just escalates it to like, okay, we chase him over here we chase him over here and now he wants to get away because we're playing the game of chase and he runs across the, the street <laughs> great great and that's beautiful to know that's all super helpful information for me okay and has he eaten recently yeah he doesn't really snack a lot so like after nap he probably will have eaten like some goldfish or an apple or something okay it'd be good to get a little protein in him um, okay. Before you go to the park. So a little bit of um, protein and fats for his brain just to get him in his best brain. <laughs> like, okay. you know, so maybe like some avocado, nuts, salami, cheese, um, you know, could be chia seed pudding. Like, you know, um, depending on how you guys eat, 
but uh, it'd be good to get him something, right? Okay. Maybe it could even be portable. That could be part of what keeps him busy on the walk. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. So I'm going to say, hey, George, I have something really special I would like to do with you this afternoon. Um, He probably would get excited, um, keep asking about it <laughs> Yeah, for, for the whole day. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. And by the way, I'm only telling him this like five or 10 minutes before we're leaving. I'm okay. not telling him this in the morning. Okay. Okay. So five or 10 minutes before leaving, I have something really special that I'm, I want to do with you. I want to go to the park with you. If that's something you would like. Yes. Yes. I want to go to the park. I want to you go to do? the park. Yes. Okay. okay. So we have the two parks. Do you have a preference in which park we go to today? Because I'm okay. Today I'm okay. Sometimes I have to meet a friend one place or the other, but today I could go to either one. Okay. Uh, yes. Big park. I want to go to big park. Big park. Okay. Are you going to wash the rocks? <laughs> yes, because they're all dirty. Yeah. Do you want to go right now? Because there are some things that I'm going to need from you. I'm going to need a little bit of help. Do you think you could be my helper? Yes. Okay. I'm going to need a bag to carry the rocks. Can you find a bag that would be just perfect for the rocks, please? Okay. He would probably try to look for a bag for about 30 seconds and then say, help me. I need I need help oh, finding Oh, you need help? I would love to help you with that. Well, where do you think we keep bags? In the kitchen. Yes. We do. We keep them in the kitchen. See, you already knew that. That was really awesome. Okay. So I'm going to show you something. I keep some empty bags right here in this cupboard. Do you want me to pick you up and you can reach it? Yes. Okay. Can you put this in the wagon? Cause we're going to take the wagon with us. Yes. Okay. I'm going to get your sister ready. You know, another thing you could do that would really help us get to the park. Well, what you could put your shoes on. Do you know how to do that? Yes. Okay. You want to meet me back here in the living room in about one minute. I'm going to tell your sister that we're going and start getting her ready. And then you get your shoes on and come surprise me with your shoes on. Okay. Okay. And so what I'm doing is I'm training him to listen before we leave the house. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. So, and it's very fun. It's not like you need to listen to me if we're going to go. If there's no punitive, it's all wins. It's all victories. Got it? Okay. So even if he's like, doesn't really look for the bag and is like, I can't find it. I can't find it. Oh, well, where did you look? I don't need to focus on you didn't even look. Where did you look? What rooms did you try? Right? Focus his brain instead of getting upset that it's not focused. So you always want to be one step ahead thinking of where you want to take him as opposed to what he's presenting with. What he's presenting with needs to be the end. I don't want you reacting to that anymore. That's simply information for your next tactical move. Okay. It's not something you need to react to. It's not fact. It's simply, here's my current set of skills. If you react to it, like it's your forever set of skills. Now we're in a power struggle. Now you're panicking as the parent. Now you're starting to feel resentment, rage, worry, stress, anxiety, scarcity, emergency right? Does all of that make sense? Yes. But if you look at him and you're like, 
oh, you're telling me you don't know how to look for things, that it's too exciting and you have too much anxiety and you don't know how to look for it. And now all you can think is park, 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 but I've placed bag in your way and you're like, I don't know how to do bag, help, help, help. But you knew how to ask for help. How wonderful. Thanks for letting me know where your brain is equipped and not. Can I jump in just for a second? Um, my daughter would never, She, you know, she's always like, I don't want to put my shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw that monkey wrench in. Like, what, what would you say if... I would say, oh, okay, you don't want to, do you want to go let your sister know that we're going and I'll go get your shoes? Give her a different job. What would she do? Well, um, that's a good question because she might be like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, okay. So you're not ready to go to the park. No worries. I'm going to go start making dinner and you let me no. know when you're ready oh, no, to go no, to the no, park. no, no, no. I want to go to the park. I want to go to the park. Oh, you do, you do want to go to the park? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So do you want to do the shoes or you want to go get your sister? Okay. I'll go get my shoes. Okay. <laughs> Sounds great. That's that's how that would go. Yeah. That's a great question. So so then I'm going to say, hey, um, you know, after he does a few things, I'm going to say, thank you. You did a beautiful job helping us get out to the park. Do you want to lock the door? I'm going to give him jobs. Do you want to lock the door? Yeah. Put the key in. Do you know how to do it? Awesome. Now, listen, we need to check the door after. If you check it and it's still open, then I'm going to lock it or you can try it again. And you have to be not in a rush because this is the thing also is that you're going to be like, I got to get to the park. You don't have to get to the park. I'm just going to remind you, you're trying to get to the park because you're trying to have a nice time with your child. So if you spend 20 minutes figuring out how to lock a door, if that's something you're willing to teach your child how to do, you may decide, hey, I actually don't want my kid knowing how locks and keys work yet. (laughs) And that's a totally reasonable thing to say, right? So you decide that based on your family, your decision, your child's age, your child's temperament capabilities, your lifestyle, where you live. Like, you know, that's going to be a very individual choice. Yes. But you could equip him. My question is like, yes, that um, is totally like, I, I like giving him jobs all the time. He loves, especially helping me cook in the kitchen, like giving him little things. Um, the problem I run into is that when, then we are in a rush, say we're not going to the park, we're trying to make it to church or somewhere. Um, and I don't have 20 minutes, but he remembers that last time I let him lock the door. Um, but this time we don't have time for that. And that causes a meltdown. Yes. So you would actually know that in planning. And that's where actually um, being a parent requires a tremendous amount of tactical planning, right? So you have to go, we're going to church today. I know I've got a kid who likes to lock and unlock. So I'm actually going to hand him a key right after breakfast and be like, go to town, sir. You've got 20 minutes. Does that make sense? Before we're leaving, Just, Mm -hmm. it'll get him out of your hair. You can get all this other stuff done. He's busy. He's engaged. He's learning. So a child like this is always on the edge of their learning because they're very gifted and intelligent often. So they're always on the edge of their learning. So what happens is when you say, we don't have time for this, his brain goes haywire. It's like telling a brain it's not going to get fed. Okay? So he, he panics. Now, the other thing is you can also tell him, hey, today... I have time because we're going to the park. Tomorrow when we go to church, it's harder. I'm not going to have time to let you play with the key. Do you want to do it today? Okay. Now, he might say, no, I don't. I just want to go to the park. And then tomorrow on church day, he might be like, I want to play with the key. And that's when you're going to have to learn to say, I know, I know. So knowing that I have that child, knowing I have a child who will forget that, 
I'm going to say to him in advance, we're going to go to the park and, you know, to church. We don't have a lot of time Uh, right now. I know you're starting to play with Legos. Do you want to do the key or do you want to do the Legos? Right. And so you're organizing his brain for him because he can't see time in forward motion. Mm -hmm. All right. He's just too young. Okay. And that part of his brain is not built. And so you need to sort of stand in as the scaffolding for his brain for that until he gets there. And so you want to organize that as opposed to expecting him to understand the difference. Even if you've said it a hundred times, you saying it does not equate to him learning it. Him learning it is him learning it. That's a different issue from you saying it. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. Okay. So you need to you need to separate out the idea of I've told my child something versus they should know it. They only know it once they've learned it. And the way they learn it is that you hold that limit one day and you go, I know, I gave you that opportunity this morning. You chose not to. Yeah. So now we have to go. I'm so sorry. And you don't get mad at them and you don't stress out because if you, here's the mistake parents make. If you get mad in that moment and you're like, I gave you the option. You chose not to do it. Don't cry. You've just made it about the relationship and you took it away from the learning. And now they don't get to learn the lesson because what they're learning is you're yelling at them. Okay. So now you actually had a moment they could learn and you usurp it by yelling at them. And now all they learn is we're fighting. And that becomes so much more important and so much more important for their survival that they can't learn the lesson anymore. The lesson is immaterial. All I know is that you're the person I love more than anything is mad at me. And that just takes all learning off the brain. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Um, so now going forward, going into the street, I would say, okay, we're about to leave. Now I need your help, Agent George. I have a very important job for you, sir. We need to get to the park safely. Tell me what are three things that we do that help us get to the park safely so we can play with rocks and clean them. Because that is a very important mission we're going on. What are three things? (laughs) He knows like as we approach the street, he's supposed to stop and look both ways and does it. But I don't know if I if I ask him that beforehand, if he would make that connection. Yeah. So we'll see. And isn't this a good test for us to know what he knows? That's true. Mm -hmm. So we say, what do you know? And then he'll tell us what he knows. And then if he doesn't say that, I say, well, hmm, do you remember what we're supposed to do when we get close to the street? And then he says, we stop and we look for cars. Ooh, that's nice. Will you show me how to do that? I know we're not even near the street right now, but you show me what that looks like so I can learn. Okay. And he'd run his feet, stop, and then look away and say, I don't see cars. Nice. I don't see cars. And then do you say, permission granted? And I say, permission granted, sir. Right? So have a code word that always has to happen and make it fun. So it could be anything. It could be, are hippopotami in town? Hippopotami are in town, sir. Right? It could be anything. It doesn't have to be permission granted. It's just anything that makes him giggle, that he would want to say when he gets to the corner. Not something he has to say, something he would actually be excited to say. Mm -hmm. Yes? And then I'm going to say, would you like tactical missions along the way before we get to the park? Or would you like to just hold my hand and tell me about all the different kinds of rocks you see? I want missions. You want missions. Okay. Here's the thing. I can only give you another mission if you return from the first mission well. That's how you get the next mission. Okay? Okay. So let's practice. Your first mission 
is to look up at the sky and tell me if you see the sunshine. Yes. Mission accomplished. Okay, next mission. And I'm going to do something really stupid and easy like that. So he's, again, getting victories under his belt. So he feels what it feels like to be in yes mode. What I'm doing is I'm massaging this child into yes mode. And I'm making it fun for him to comply. And I'm giving him very strict boundaries. This is full-on leadership. Can I just ask one question? on um, Abigail, say he does run into the street after all mm-hmm. of this, you know, which he probably maybe will wonder. What, what, yeah. what is the best thing to do when you grab, you know, when you, because you obviously have to run and grab Yeah, him. yeah, of course. Of so course. what, because I, I had a lot of that with Zoe and yeah. then she would just burst into tears. Yeah. So that's when you would stop. You would stop. You would, you would not keep moving towards the park. Ideally, you would stop and you would sit down and you would say, hey, tell me what happened. Why did you do that? I'm sure you had a really good reason for doing that. What happened? Okay, so you wanted that thing. You were very excited. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. And do you remember what our rule is? And do you remember why? Okay. Now, at this point, he might be in shame already, especially like depending on every family, like what they've already built up until this point. Yes. So if he starts giving you signals of like, stop, stop, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. He's hitting, he's kicking. You might just hold him quietly and say, I love you. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. Yeah. But we can't run across the street and I'm not mad. I love you. You're safe. I've got you. We'll get you what you want and we'll figure out how we do it safely. And so all of the signaling is just soothing his nervous system till he calms down. And again, this is stuff that takes a long time to teach how to do, but this is um, really important for you. That moment where he fails is actually the moment where he's going to learn. See, that is the biggest consequence. Do you understand? As opposed to getting mad at him or time out, it's like, we're going to actually learn what happened and where it broke And then we're going to build something that won't break. And we're going to do an experiment with what we build and see if it holds next time. And that is the biggest consequence of all. And that's where you build the skills and the learning. Now, you might think, oh my gosh, this is exhausting. Are you kidding me? I'm just trying to get to the park. Does any part of you feel that way? (laughs) Um, Probably after the third or fourth time doing it, I would. (laughs) Yeah. But guess what? When he does this multiple times, And he listens to you and this is now built because you've worked on this for a couple of weeks and you don't have to deal with this anymore. Do you know how unexhausting that is? Yes, that would definitely be a lot better. (laughs) Right? It's awesome. It's awesome. It's just like we build a house so we can live in it. And the building of it is a lot of work, but the living of it in it is awesome. So you got to decide, and this is this is how we work, is we figure out what is the emotional project the child is working on? What's the next layer of growth? What's the next right step that this child needs to learn? What's the next skill? What's the next skill I need to learn as a parent to be able to move them through that process? And then we do it. And then you build and build and build. And then not only does the child have little tiny victories, but so do you as the parent. Sounds good. Abigail, I just yeah. have a question, you know, as you're talking about all this, it's so clear. Um, you went back to like holding the limit and and I, I just thought it might be helpful um, to talk a little bit about what that can look like when they cry and you don't get mad 
you make it about the learning. Because for me, that was always, that's always been very hard because it's like, I just did this for you. you And, and like crying can be triggering to me. And if it's, if you're a parent that it's triggering to, uh, there's something so important about the crying, right? Like it's important for them to release it. And if you can remain neutral and calm and yeah, and connect with them and like I empathize with them through it, that it's really important for them to cry. Yes. And I love that question. I think it is so important. And it goes back to what Aaron was saying, which is like, I just want to make my kid happy. And actually, right? right? You you can't. Um, It's actually not your job. Like actually what you want is to have your child thrive. And that's not the same thing as having your child be happy all the time. It's so interesting because like we don't want to disappoint our kids, but then we're willing to punish them because we want them to be happy. It's like we get so confused. Do you know what I mean? And it's not it's not any of our fault. It's that we're getting all this messaging of what's supposed to look like. And when you actually understand deeply what's going on for a child and you understand that child's skill sets, then you know how to address that. Now, in terms of how to hold the limit and how to disappoint our kids and how to... Um, do all that. That is such a big topic. I'm going to actually be cheeky and tell all of our listeners, tune the heck in because <laughs> this is what we're going to do. We're going to give you every little piece of this every single week. We're going to give you one little piece of this puzzle and you know, um, you can learn how to put it together because that I'm sure we're going to have a whole episodes about exactly how to do just that. And um it's such a big subject. I don't even want to like take a nibble into it right now. You know what I mean? It's it's just so big, except to say we do have to learn to disappoint our kids in the name of serving them. And it is an important thing to learn to do. Yeah, so much more. And maybe Aaron will have to have you back someday. We'll talk about sibling <laughs> rivalry and what to do when they hit hit a, a sibling. But I'm sure we'll have plenty of guests who talk about that too. Aaron, yes. I, want, I want you to come, if you don't mind, maybe if you put some of these things into play. I'd like to hear how it goes later. I Yes, I can't wait to try them. We're definitely going to have missions on the way to the park. So. <laughs> What's your takeaway? What are you, what are you struck by? Um, mostly just like I have noticed myself like giving him tasks to do and, and stuff like that improves his behavior a lot. Um, but um, I think maybe the no consequences thing is just something that I, I wasn't even like on my brain, like I thought just following through with consequences is important. Um, And that's a lot to think about. (laughs) It is a lot to think about. And I also want to be clear that I'm not advocating just permissive parenting and no consequences. You know, if he doesn't decide to go which park to go to, then either the consequence of that is I'm going to decide, or maybe he doesn't really want to go to the park and we just won't go. We'll stay home and cook. Right? So it's not that there aren't consequences. There are. It's just that when they're in the form of punishment, we, you know, what would be nice for you is to ask yourself over the next month, whether you choose to do a timeout or not, actually check in like, what did he learn? Did he learn to comply with me because mommy's anger scared him? So he's actually complying because he doesn't want to anger mommy Or is he actually learning the skill of how to ask his sister for that block instead of hit her for it? And really get real with yourself because you're not trying to build a child who just like can figure out how to make mommy not mad. Like 
sure, in the short time, that feels good because it's like, I'm getting mad at you, kids. Stop. Thank you for stopping. Now I don't have to be mad. But, but that's not actually what you're here for. And you know it. And that's where the tears are coming from, is that there's a part of you that wants to make this job something much greater. There's a part of you that wants to raise your child on a spiritual, emotional, physical plane that feels right and moral and just and good and like you're doing like really important work in the world. And you are. And so when you're just raising him to make the choice out of fear, you know you're crossing your own internal moral boundary. And that's where that pain comes from. So I'm just offering you a way to parent that doesn't cross that boundary, that allows you to hold true to your highest value and still have him have a consequence, but that is a consequence that is, we're going to learn how to do better, right? Because you're an awesome human and you're raising awesome humans and you want to do it in the way that feels right. Because I can see your heart. It's like all over your face. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Why are you sorry for caring so much about your children? It's a beautiful thing. But like, talk about this for a second. How does it feel to think about parenting from that place? Yes, obviously that's, I mean, I'm sure that's a goal that most people hope for, you know, we just want to be the best parents we can and to help, help our kids learn in a way that is unique to them. And if whatever is most helpful to them, it's just hard to see sometimes. Well, it's hard to see because everybody talks to you about behavior and compliance and consequence. And nobody's talking to you about the soul shaping that you're doing and the incredibly important, deep, deep work that you're doing with your kids on a constant basis. And when you start to view your work like that, you will have more value for yourself. Your child will have more value for what you're doing. And then you help us all as a society bring more value to this incredibly important work of raising our children and also rising ourselves. So you've done beautiful work today and thank you for sharing your family and your heart and your struggles. (laughs) Thank you so much for your help. (laughs) Thank you so much, Erin. You're so lovely. Thank you for being our first. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. (laughs) So we just spoke with Erin about her strong-willed boy who, you know, wants to be able to run off wherever he wants to go. I do too. I do too. I would like to run off. Can you imagine if they're like, what's for dinner? And you're like, the bathroom and my car are vacation, right? When you go to the dentist, that's a vacation. Yeah. My daughter runs in the house to go see her dad. And I'm like, I just sit in the car and I think, and then like five minutes later, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, what's, what's it to you? It's not your business. (laughs) It's me time. We need these little mini vacations in our day because let's face it, like it's hard work parenting. Mm -hmm. And like sometimes parents will think like, oh my God, what you're talking about is amazing and brilliant, but it is so much hard work. And here's the thing I want to say is I'm not actually giving you hard work. Life is already hard. Like your kids are giving you hard work. And if you are willing to do this, what seems like extra hard work, you make long-term ease in your life. And so, yes, it's like a little extra right now to sit and have that conversation with the strong little kid. But like, let's talk about why it's important. Like, how does that benefit the kid going forward? Well, what really jumped out to me uh, was people are always telling him things that aren't true. 
So like, how do you trust people, if, especially when they're telling you what to do, you were saying, if you don't understand the logic behind it, which this is such a big thing for me too right now. Yeah. strong will kids question. They want to know. They want to know why. They don't want to be told what to do. They want to know what the problem is, and then they want to figure out their own solution to it. And well, and what's what's tough for me is that the language that I use when I'm trying to talk to my own daughter about like, you know, well, this is why, and, and explain things through. The language is a little hard for her to understand, or, you know, there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So it's like I'm trying to let her know, but then it just, I can see a glaze come over her face, like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck are you talking about? And yeah. then she'll move on, or she'll be like, mommy, stop talking. Yes. And I think they do that to us a lot when we're pushing them into uncomfortable territory, which is sometimes right. just growth, right? Like mm-hmm. growth is uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes it's because we talk too much, like we grownups talk too much. But I think what you're bringing up is so important, right? Think about it. Like if he can learn to trust grownups now and see them as people who are aiding his strong-willed desires, as opposed to just giving him like a specific way to handle the solution, right? If he sees us as people who aid his creativity, aid his strong will, aid his intellect, and he sees us as beneficial in his life, he's going to enter teenagerhood in a different way than if he thinks nobody ever gets my dreams, nobody understands, people are always just telling me how to handle things, it's not how I want to handle it, then teenagerhood becomes a little trickier. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for the mom to be able to look at it and just be like, um, I have to get down on his level right now. It's sometimes there's, we have so many things that we have going on in our mind and they really just have this one thing, Yes, you know, and, and it's hard to explain to them like, you know, right now I've got the, you know, there's, there's pancakes cooking in the pan. There's the dog is barking. I've got to get on a zoom in five minutes, you know? So it's like, <laughs> take a time to stop and say, okay, and get like, just get right down on their level so that they can see the trust. And then you just have to, you know, take a freaking breath. Yeah. Just, it's like, this is actually the most important thing that's happening right now. He knows it. And if I can show him that I know it too, that I think you can develop that trust. Yes. Right? And we have to learn this skill as parents. Yeah. And and, and again, like the problem isn't going to go away just because you're like, I, I, this is driving me nuts. It's like, you do have to take the minute, the five minutes to do it. And it it is extremely helpful. Yes. Yes. And long-term beneficial for the child, but also for you, because the more you skill them, the less it happens over time. So it's like... I think of it as like a prepay thing where it's like, I can buy that sofa for like, you know, 50 bucks every month for the rest of my life, or I could just pay a thousand dollars right now. And at the end of the day, it's like cheaper to pay a thousand dollars right now than 50 bucks till the end of time, you know? Yeah. So that's how I like to think about it. For the same sofa that you're not going to want in 10 years anyway. Same fucking sofa. And at some, at some point that sofa is disgusting and gone and you're still paying for it at some point that kid is like 18 and out and not only that you're gonna buy another sofa (laughs) and another sofa and you're still paying for the last two sofas so now you're paying like 400 a month Yeah, and you're still you're still paying for the 18 year olds who's out right here's where you start paying sofas sofas cost and right (laughs) here's where you start paying but we're gonna be here for you guys every week and we're gonna help we're gonna help show you what it looks like to be able to take that breath and listen to a strong-willed child and 
still get our parental needs met because we matter too. Yeah. Let's do it. I'm not afraid. I'm a little afraid, (laughs) but not entirely afraid. You should be very afraid. So you guys, we're going to invite you to fantasize with us for a moment. We're tired. We're all hustling. We're all getting shit done. So just take a moment, let it all drop, shake it out. You know, when you were younger and maybe even now you have certain kinds of fantasies, this is a moment to have a parental fantasy. So don't take off all your clothes, but instead let go of all your limitations and imagine what your perfect parent life would look like and feel like for a moment. Hey, Missy, you having any fantasies lately? Yeah. I walk in my daughter's room and she's like, mommy, I, I'm dressed. And she's, she puts her clothes on and she's like, I don't even want to look at the game on my phone. I'm going to go and brush my teeth really quick. Can I make you some coffee? Oh, guess mommy, I made you some coffee and I've got my clothes on for school. Um, you just sleep in. Uh, don't worry about it. I'm going to grab the bus to school. I wake up and I realize that Everybody is gone. They've gone to the farmer's market and there's like a nice note on the table and they're like, we're getting food and we're getting like some favorite stuff that you love and take the whole morning to relax and like, yeah, just do whatever you like. That sounds so good. And we're bringing dinner home. Yeah. What do you want? I I don't know. I want like some farmer's market like uh like like a thing that i don't even know exists like coconut mango yogurt made by sheep who make coconut do you know what i mean like one of those weird delivered to your door by a sheep right delivered to your door by a sheep on the back you know of what the i sheep. mean like one of those things you can get at a farmers market all right see you next week <laughs> Hey, everybody, we just want to thank you so much for listening. And we hope that we've helped you in some way and that you've really enjoyed this conversation. If you or someone you know is struggling with a parenting problem, contact us using our online form at raisingandrising.co. That's raisingandrising.co. Or message us on Instagram at raisingandrising with your most frustrating parenting questions. We want to help make it better. And if you liked our discussion, make sure to subscribe to Raising and Rising on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And hey, give us an amazing rating because you know you loved it. And for those of you feeling inspired by this parenting conversation, check out motherflippingawesome.com slash help. And we can have a conversation about your family. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.